my wonderful friends, welcome to Fate FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible, and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Rita, your host, and very happy to be with you today. Thank you for tuning in. I would like to also uh, make this comment that uh, if you like to be part with us of this program, you can send us a message. You can send us a text on 048-880-811 and um, ask a question or make a comment. Uh, you can go to info at faithfm.com.au. You can send us an email there or just visit our website in case if you are uh, missing on on some of the uh, programs and you can uh, you want to listen back. Uh, uh, but today I would like to welcome our co-host and uh, Pastor David Butcher. Good to have you back with us. Good afternoon, Nick. Hello, listeners. Hey, um, time goes very fast these days, uh, David, and I know uh, f- from a person like you who's very busy, I just spoke with you before we we come on air, that you spend quite a bit of time on Zoom meetings and other things. Uh, how is to take a bit of time off and come with us on uh, drive time? Look, it's a real blessing to be here. Um, Zoom, Zoom, one of these... Uh modern technological advances being able to communicate with people in different locations right around the world is incredible but um, uh, as good as it is sometimes you get over that sort of technology sitting watching a screen hour after hour day after day it's it's not necessarily the the best mode of communication but in the world in which we're currently living in the conditions which we're living mm-hmm. uh, it is a blessing to have uh, that mode of communication yeah that's that's uh, so true and just uh, to let you know uh, David it's uh, our president here for uh, South Australia Conference on Seventh-day Adventist Church and uh, it's a blessing to have uh, David uh, leading uh, in our church here and also coming with us uh, on uh, Faith FM quite regularly and this it's uh, David uh, we really appreciate um, this and yeah we understand that sometimes it's it's a bit of a push uh, you to be able to come here but yeah we'll not let you go because you have uh, good things to share oh look Nick it's wonderful digging into the word of God isn't it and seeing uh, its relevance um, th- this is an old book but a message that does not change. And Mm. the reason why it does not change is because it came from the living word and it is the written word. The same voice, Psalm 33, that uh, it says there that God spoke and called worlds into existence. By the power of his voice, they were formed. And it's the same voice, the same word, if you like, that is this written word. And it is life-giving. And so I just find it a joy to to join our Faith FM community every week and um, open up the scriptures. And that's what we like to do, um, Pastor David, to share from the Bible. Uh, we can have opinions, you know, we can have our own uh, understanding of certain things. But when you look into the Bible and allow the Bible to explain to interpret itself i think that's the difference and that's what we like to call even uh, faith fm network uh, positively different radio station because we really want to bring that uh, um, vibrancy again into our life 
the word of God to understand and to practice. Well, as I said, it's life-giving and life-changing, mm. isn't it? Mm. So, look, absolutely. Very good. Hey, we have a very good topic today to discuss, and probably we will may um, step in right away because uh, um, it's quite a bit to talk. We last night, by the way, with Pastor Mark Wilson, we were talking about how will the world end, and. Um, I know even when we say this, uh, you know, these words, uh, how will the world end? People are straight away, you know, having all sorts of uh, opinion, opinions. And um, over the years, uh, there was a lot written about how the world will end. And we talked last night about that uh, uh, the greatest um, thing for us to understand is to have hope in God that he is going to take care of us of everything. And he spoke about the end of the world, how the world will end. And it's not like uh, how many people, you know, said it before and uh, they had to hide after that because it didn't happen. You know, like just remembering uh, the year 2000 or uh, 2012, the end of the Mayan uh, calendar and so on and so forth. But today uh, we are continuing a little bit, uh, David, and we are going to ask another question. What happened after the world ends? That's a really good question. Maybe we have to wait till wait and see. I, I don't think we do. I think the Bible gives us incredible insights, doesn't it? Because God doesn't want us to be caught unawares. He doesn't mm. want us to be caught by surprise. And with Pastor Mark, he, he would have shared with you some of the signs uh, leading up to Jesus' second coming, the things that will be occurring in, in the earth. Jesus wants us to be prepared. And in Matthew 24, he talks about being aware of false prophets, beware of deception, mm-hmm. false messiahs, because the Bible predicts that they will be uh, in great numbers before Jesus comes back to this earth. So God lays out very clearly in Scripture uh, his plan for us, his plan for humanity. He doesn't leave us destitute. He doesn't leave us in the dark. He gives us everything that we need so that we can have faith in him and have assurance and certainty of what the future holds. Mm. And as I mentioned, uh, talking to Pastor David the other day, uh, the doomsday and all other things and, uh, you know, the planet Earth will be st- Strike by an, you know, whatever foreign object and will, will be the end of it. Uh, when you think of that, the end of the world, it's quite, um, how to say, um, distressing. Oh, absolutely. And, and the Bible talks about that, doesn't it? Luke, um, Jesus talks about people's hearts failing them uh, for fear. Mm-hmm. But then it talks about those who are in a relationship with Jesus to lift up their heads uh, because their redemption, their salvation is drawing near as they look up and they see Jesus coming in the clouds. That's the second coming. So we have an incredible hope. We have an incredible hope. Okay, then the end of the world... And what's after? What, uh, I mean, can we look, uh, positively to, to that, you know, after the end of this world? What's, uh, what's in place? Yeah, look, I think we can, Nick. Um, first of all, I think people are looking for peace, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess the whole Middle East region, and I think of, you know, Palestine and Israel and uh, the countries surrounding that, and even even the 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 Mount of the Rock, the the Dome of the Rock there in Jerusalem, and the Temple Mount precinct. Uh, it, it is, I guess, uh, has roots for three of the great monotheistic faiths um, uh, in, in the world: yes. uh, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Uh, you know, like to to look at Jerusalem as as a as a key point, a key place, 
and yet we see so much turmoil and conflict uh, and no peace, and yet so many, and I think particularly of United States delegations and presidents, have sought to bring peace in the Middle East. Mm. But it won't happen, I don't believe. And, and the world is looking for peace, and yet we're living in a world that is increasingly distressed and um, facing more and more turmoil. Mm. And so there are Christians that, that talk about a thousand years of peace uh, that will then usher in the return of Jesus Christ. So this picture, if you like, of um, perhaps an evangel- evangelization of the earth, of the world, that uh, there'll be a thousand years of peace and then Jesus will come back. Right. While you're mentioning that, um, it's probably hard uh, for me to grasp this thing that uh, people would like to live for another thousand years on this planet Earth, uh, so troubled, so distressed, uh, and uh, still looking forward to live for a thousand years on this Earth. Uh, uh, What do you think? Because we are going to look into the Bible a little bit more, what Jesus had to say about this Earth. Why are people still believing, and some of them actually even believing now that we live in that period of time of thousand thousand years. years. It'd be very sad if that's true, I think, and it would also be sad if uh, people are looking forward to another thousand years of what we're currently existing in. Mm. I can't imagine a thousand more years of meetings on Zoom. I can't imagine another thousand years, continuous years of of uh, conflict, of of uncertainty like we live in, um, you know, with I'm thinking of COVID. Could you imagine that? Um, a thousand more years of, of injustice, mm. of, of, of uh, evil, of all sorts of things. And even if you uh, hope for the best, like a thousand years of peace on this earth, um, still, I still believe it's uh, not biblical because God said that he will come to destroy this uh, earth, to renew this earth. And that's what I'm looking forward for that thousand of years with Jesus. And we'll, we'll open the Bible. We'll open the Bible to see what the Bible has to say about this. Yeah, look, absolutely, Nick. And, and I mean, God's word says that Jesus is coming back to take his own to heaven. His word talks about, um, in Second Peter chapter 3, it says... Um, in verse 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Verse 10 of Second Peter 3, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Mm. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. So the Bible paints a picture of things degenerating, getting worse and worse because of evil. Jesus then comes and rescues his own. And in John 14, 1 to 3, on the eve of his arrest, uh, there in, in, in that Passion Week, on the Thursday night, he's arrested. But before he is arrested, after they had uh, the Last Supper, uh, after the Last Supper, but before he's arrested, Jesus talks to them about the promise that is found in John chapter 14, 1 to 3. Some of the most famous words in Scripture where Jesus promises his followers that he's going to go away, mm-hmm. um, he's going to go to his father's house, he's going to prepare a place for them, but then he's going to come uh, and take them to be, he's going to come again and take them to be where he is taking us to heaven. Right. So I want to suggest to our listeners that the thousand years of peace 
will not take place on this earth mm-hmm. because we're living in an earth of sin. Mm. The earth is sick and it is waxing old like a garment, as Scripture says. It's getting worse. It's declining. The only thing that will make that better is Jesus when he comes and he promises in the last chapters of the Bible, it's also you find references in Isaiah as well, to make everything new. Now, to do that, sin has to be destroyed. Right. And so the earth will not become a, a peaceful place until sin is done away with. Mm-hmm. And so clearly, um, the second coming of Jesus happens before then. Right. And, and sadly, many Christians, it can be a confusing topic, but many Christians have become confused about um, a thousand years of peace. Uh, sometimes because of the way they interpret Scripture, but also because some Christians perceive that uh, there are different dispensations Mm -hmm. and and there are different ways of salvation. If you like, the people in the Old Testament, they believe, some people believe, were saved by keeping the law, God's commands. Yes. Whereas Christians, some Christians believe that those that live in the New Testament times or post the cross are saved by grace through faith. Mm -hmm. But the message of Scripture from Genesis through to Revelation is one and the same. We are saved by grace through faith. Um, Abraham was a a man of faith, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. Yes. So the salvation story is the same whether you were Adam or whether you were the last man or woman alive on the earth. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that saves us from Mm -hmm, all sin mm -hmm. and and our belief in him. Right. And then probably we may touch on a couple of questions like um, who will be living on on this planet Earth for that thousand years? that period of the thousand years. Well, I, I'd like to assure our listeners, and we'll get into the study shortly, that um, none of us would want to be living um, on the earth during the thousand years, the thousand years that the Bible describes. Now, sometimes I think, as you said, Nick, uh, we can uh, grow up learning things, and we all grow up and we learn and we unlearn and we, re, uh, we learn new things. Mm-hmm. The Bible paints a picture that the earth will not be a desirable place to be on during that thousand years. Speaks about desolation. It speaks about desolation. Speaks about uh, even the evil one that he will be chained on this. So hopefully we can have a chance to look into that a little bit more. Absolutely. Uh, Nick, um, I guess one of the things I'd like to to challenge us with, and um, I guess it's not a riddle, if you like, but when we look at this topic of the thousand years, often referred to as the millennium, Mm -hmm. uh, it's interesting, almost exclusively, almost exclusively, that the chapter of the Bible that deals with this thousand years is Revelation chapter 20. Yes. And the word millennium does not appear in Scripture. Right. But in Revelation chapter 20, uh, we come across six times the occurrence of the words 1,000 years. And millennium comes from two words, milli, mm-hmm. meaning a thousand, and annus, meaning years. And so that's how we get the word millennium. Essentially, it is a thousand years. Yes. yes. And it will be a thousand years of peace for those who are in a relationship with Jesus. But, Nick, I'd like to title this presentation, Born Twice, Die Once, Born Once, Die Twice. Wow, that's quite interesting. So, born twice, you only die once. Right. Born once, you die twice. Oh, that's and I really, want to suggest very interesting way to put it, David, and I'm looking forward to see this one, how that will unveil. 
And I'm wanting to suggest to our listeners, Nick, that we need to be amongst a group of people. God desires us to be amongst a group of people that are born twice but only die once. And I say only die once. There'll be some people that will be alive, the Bible talks mm-hmm. about, when Jesus returns. But most of us uh, will possibly pass to our rest. We'll die. All right. So born twice, die once. Born once, die twice. What will it be? That's a good question. And um, I may just uh, ask our listener there if they uh, would like to send us a message or a, a text on this one, what they understand about this. Again, you can uh, write a, a text to us on 0488-880811 and uh, be part of this program and maybe answer that uh, question or how do you understand to be born twice and only die once or otherwise to be born, be born once. once and die twice wow exactly that's... born twice die once born once die twice all right let's kick in okay um i guess uh, as we've said many many different uh, political leaders and powers have sought to bring peace particularly to the middle east and we have peace treaties uh during the 60s there was a whole movement based on peace but it's not the peace that the Bible talks about. It's not the peace that God talks about. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Mm. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. So Jesus is the Prince of Peace. No human agency can bring peace. Only Jesus can bring the sort of lasting peace that this world requires. Even though, even though the Bible may say that when peace, peace is spoken, you know, um, destruction may come. I mean, as people trying, governments and, and you know, authorities, they're trying to, uh, to establish peace. The more we try, that seems like the, the more we fail. Yeah, and, and let's not... Um Let's remember, um, governments are trying to do worthy things in trying to establish, uh, reduce conflict. Mm. But the peace that this world offers can never match and can never be as lasting as the peace that Jesus Christ wants to give each one of us. All right. That's so, good. Nick, um, why don't we jump into Revelation chapter 20, shall we? This, mm, that's- uh, right near the end of the Bible, um, the book Revelation is often you'll have a title in your Bible called the um, Apocalypse of John or the Apocalypse, which simply means the revealing or the Apocalypse of Jesus Christ, the revealing of Jesus Christ. Mm. And there are so many Christians that are scared of this book or that uh, do not understand it. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think there is anyone alive who understands everything in Scripture. Mm. We're all on a journey. Uh, and there are so many symbols and and uh, allusions and things in the book of Revelation that, uh, you know, there are things that John heard and saw that he was told to shut up and not write about in the book of Revelation. So none of us can claim to know everything. But we shouldn't come to the book of Revelation with fear and trepidation. We should come to it with, with peace and with hope. Why? Because it's the revealing, the uncovering of Jesus Christ and his message. Just as Christians love to read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, Revelation is is a Gospel as well. It's the Gospel or the revealing of Jesus mm. Christ. And we see this beautiful picture 
of God's plan for humanity, God's plan for salvation, God's plan for restoration. And uh, yesterday we talked about the second coming and things leading up to the second coming. Yes. And with the story of the second coming, we find that um, Jesus comes back. Uh, he comes back to gather his own. When he died and rose, he was on earth for a period of 40 days. He then uh, went, ascended into heaven. And then his followers uh, basically began the Christian church through the indwelling and empowering of the Holy Spirit. Mm. That's the book of Acts. Mm. The time is coming, and the Bible writers were all looking forward to the return of Jesus. It was their longed-for hope. It was what they lived for, what they died for, the return of Jesus Christ, their best friend. And so Scripture paints this picture of world conditions worsening, wars, rumors of wars, Mm -hmm. famines, all these sorts of things uh, occurring. And it paints a picture of... um, uh, the earth like a pregnant woman uh, who is going through uh, birth contractions just before she is giving birth. And those contractions become stronger and, uh, more, and more rapidly, frequent. more yeah. frequently. Yeah. Yeah. And so some of these events that will be recurring or occurring before Jesus comes back will be more tumultuous and occurring more frequently. And we witness that actually in these days. We see the... Um, rapid movements in all aspects of life, you know, uh, not only religiously, you know, politically, religiously, financially, all those things. As you mentioned about the book of Revelation, and to be honest, uh, before I came to Australia and uh, starts to speak uh, English, I could not quite uh, understand uh, the name of the book because in my language it's uh, Apocalypse. Yes. And as you'll hear from people, you know, that apocalyptic uh, events, you know, destruction, everything is just negative. But actually, this is the book where God reveals to us all his plan for us and not denying the end of the world. No, and this is the book where um, the covers are pulled back and we see in full 3D full picture the forces of good and mm-hmm. the forces of evil. They're laid bare. Yes. We see who the players are. Uh, God leaves us with no illusions. We, we see it very plainly and clearly. And the book of Revelation is the story of the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world, who has not left us alone, who was dead, who is now alive, who is coming back to take us to heaven. Yeah. And by the way, just on that one, in case if you are not uh, keen to open the, uh, the Bible on on Revelation, thinking that's um, too difficult or it's maybe too graphic sometime, uh, I would like to assure you that when you open the book of Revelation and praying to God to understand, you'll be freed from a lot of uh, fear because you'll understand God's love there, but you'll understand, as you mentioned, David, there, uh, the work of the enemy. The enemy, which is Satan, the devil, he will not like you to know what's going on and uh, what the book of Revelation speaks about. The players are unmasked, no, aren't they? Yes. And that's why probably uh, if you are still uh, hesitating, you know, to go be more deeper into the book of Revelation, just tell yourself, I want to know the will of God for the time I live in and the rest to follow. Absolutely. So, so Nick, John chapter 5, verses 28 and 29, Jesus there is talking about resurrections. Mm. And some of this has to do with the riddle, if you like, or my title. Born twice, die once. Born once, die twice. John chapter 5, verses 28 and 29. 
The words of Jesus, he says this, Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good for the re- to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. So mm. in John chapter 5, Jesus' very own words, he is talking about two resurrections. He is talking about people who are in their graves. They will hear his voice. Now, remember, it's the voice of Jesus that, that brought the worlds into existence. It's, it's the Bible is the written word of God. And here Jesus is saying they will hear his voice, uh, people who are in the grave, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Mm. So Jesus quite plainly and clearly talks about two resurrections. Now, yesterday, perhaps, um, uh, we might have covered the fact that when Jesus comes back, there will be believers who have died uh, for decades and Mm. centuries and years and and even millennia who had a relationship, a friendship with Jesus. They are brought to life. They are brought back to life. Death is like a sleep, the Bible says. We cease to exist. Mm -hmm. When Jesus comes, just like he did with Lazarus, his friend who had been dead four days, Jesus comes to the tomb in John chapter 11 and he says, Lazarus, come out, come forth. And this dead man begins to walk. Power comes into his body, life comes into his body, and he is now living again. So death is simply the cessation of life, the stopping of life, the ceasing of life. Our our bodies go back to dust, the book of Genesis said. And the breath, that life spark, that life force that God breathed in in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, uh, at death it returns to God and the body returns to the ground. Mm. At death we cease to exist. But when Jesus comes back in John chapter 5, it is the voice of God that brings people to life, those who are dead, some to a resurrection of life, some to a resurrection of condemnation. So I want to suggest, Nick, that there are two resurrections that we find in Revelation chapter 20. And these two resurrections are tied to this study called the millennium Mm -hmm. or the 1,000 years. I want to suggest to our listeners that the two resurrections, the first and the second resurrection, are like bookends on a bookshelf of books. The first resurrection um, is... Uh, at the beginning of the 1,000 years, and the second resurrection is at the conclusion of the 1,000 years. Okay. In other words, it's the millennium or the 1,000 years that separates these two resurrections. Mm. Now, remember those two resurrections. One is a resurrection of life. Yes. And one is a resurrection of condemnation. Condemnation, yes. Remember what I said? Born Born twice twice and die die once. once, yes. Or born once and die twice. All right. And I want to suggest that the born twice die once. We all are born of a woman, born of our mothers. Uh, Nicodemus, Jesus talked about this. But Jesus talked about in John chapter 3 about being born again. Mm -hmm. Born twice, once of a mother, once by the Spirit. We only need to die once. But if we're only born once, we will in fact die twice. Right. And the second death... Uh, is one that should be avoided at all cost. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. So this millennium, this 1,000 years, is bordered at either end uh, by these two resurrections, resurrection of good and the resurrection of evil. So the millennium begins, and I want to um, read to us, um, maybe, Nick, if you can read Revelation chapter 20 and verse 6. 
sure. In verse 6, uh, we read, Blessed and holy is he who has part of the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. This is powerful. So only those who are part of the first resurrection will live and reign with Christ for a thousand years. Mm. Now, let me clarify what I've just said. The Bible talks about, the book of Revelation does, uh, the Gospels talk about believers. Uh, Paul talks about people being alive when Jesus comes back. Yes. For those who are alive and are in a relationship with Jesus when he returns, they will never see death. Mm. And the Bible talks about, uh, and Paul talks about in, in 1 Corinthians 15, he says, and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, he talks about the dead in Christ rising first. In other words, when Jesus comes back, those who have died either recently or long dead who had a relationship with Jesus will be brought back to life and will rise with Jesus into the air. Then, Paul says, then those who remain will be caught up together with him and they'll go back to heaven with Jesus. Mm -hmm. So the first resurrection is for those who are in a relationship with Jesus but had died. Yes. When Jesus returns, he brings life to the dead who love him. They're made new. Mm -hmm. And those who are alive when Jesus comes, who who never die because they're in a relationship with him, their bodies are transformed. You and I have got glasses on at the moment. Uh, we won't need glasses, we won't need dentists, we won't need physios, we won't need any of those things. There won't need to be any undertakers, there won't need to be any doctors because our bodies will be made perfect because we will then be sinless. And Apostle Paul speaks about this uh, in a twinkling of the eye uh, will be changed changed and transformed. This mortal body into immortality. Mm. So we don't receive immortality till when Jesus comes back. So the first resurrection of the believers and what you just read in Revelation 20 verse 6 says, it says, over such the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. So clearly, the people that reign with Christ for a thousand years are the righteous. Those Mm. who are in relationship with him, he takes them to heaven. So we have those who are living when Jesus comes back who are in a relationship with him, those who have died and have been brought to life who had a relationship with Jesus, all the righteous from Adam through to the end of time are now being taken to heaven by Jesus. Mm. And David, here it's very important to actually mention that when uh, those who are saved, you know, and they are reigning with Jesus for a thousand years, they are not reigning... Uh, when somebody else will be on on this earth, that's very because, true. Because it's very interesting. Because when Jesus comes, the you know second coming, those ones who were dead in Christ they will raise. Those ones who are alive they will be transformed. But those ones who are not in a relationship with God they will die. That's very good. Thank you for pointing that out, Nick. Um, Revelation tells us in chapter 6, that when Jesus returns, 
those who aren't in a relationship with him are fearful of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, sin creates fear. And, and you might remember the story of Mount Sinai uh, when the com- Ten Commandments were given in stone on Mount Sinai. Uh, there was fences put around the mountain. People had to, to be clean and wash themselves, purify themselves. And we have a picture there of a cloud and smoke and lightning and thunder and God speaking out of the mountain. The people were afraid. Why? Because they were sinners. And um, so when Jesus comes back, the righteous aren't afraid. They're transformed into purity. But the wicked remain wicked. They are fearful and they want to die. Mm. And they're destroyed by the brightness of Jesus' coming. So your point is this. When Jesus comes the second time, the second coming, all believers go to heaven, whether they were dead or whether they're alive. They all go to heaven and they reign with Christ for a thousand years. The others who are alive are clearly the wicked, those Mm. who are not in a relationship with Jesus. They are destroyed at the second coming. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's that's very important to to understand that. And and so um, essentially what we have here is a picture of all the righteous going to heaven. Second Thessalonians 2 verse 8 actually. Second Thessalonians 2 verse 8 says, The Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. And this is talking about what happens to the unrighteous, mm. those who aren't in, rela- aren't in relationship with Jesus. They will be consumed uh, and destroyed with the brightness of Jesus' coming. And the Bible says in other parts, you know, that they will even uh, cry out, you know, to the to the mountains and to the rocks, you know, to to fall upon them because they cannot uh, bear the the glory of Jesus Christ. Absolutely, and this is found in Revelation chapter six, verses fifteen to seventeen. Fallenness and hideous from the face of Him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of His wrath has come. And who is able to stand? Mm. So while all of God's followers are in heaven uh, at this time, after the second coming, everyone who has rejected Jesus dies. Mm. Now, mind you, there are some people that have rejected Jesus that lived thousands of years ago. Yes. They don't even know Jesus has come back the second time because they're still in their graves. They're dead. Yes. They no longer exist. But it's the living wicked, the living who don't believe in Christ that are destroyed at his second coming. And it's interesting to know that uh, Jeremiah gives us a picture of what this looks like. Jeremiah chapter 25 and verse 33. And at that day, the slain of the Lord shall be from one end of the earth even to the other end of the earth. They shall not be lamented or gathered or buried. They shall become refuse on the ground. So we're given this picture in Jeremiah of what happens at the second coming with the wicked. Their bodies are left like refuse on the ground. Mm. Why? They're not even buried. Why? Because there is no one to bury them. The righteous are in heaven. The wicked are all destroyed. Mm. So this thousand years that uh, takes place, the righteous are in heaven reigning with Christ the wicked are destroyed on the earth. So no one wants to be living on the earth during this thousand years. No. And the, the, this earth is not renewed, or, uh, you know, uh, as Jesus promised to us all that uh, he will create a new heaven and a new earth. Um, at this stage, it's still desolation. And probably we we'll be, we'll be able to talk a little bit about the evil one who's uh, on this um, earth for that thousand years. But, uh, David, I would like to take a break uh, right here, if I can, and then we'll come back to continue. 
we're talking about um, thousand years of peace and this song is about war no more let's listen to this and we'll be back shortly I'm gonna lay down my burden down by the riverside down by the riverside down by the riverside I'm gonna lay down my burden down by the riverside ain't gonna study he won no Down by the riverside Down by the riverside I'm gonna lay down my burdens Down by the riverside Ain't gonna study
does the Bible say about the end of the world? Faith FM's free offer today is the final events of Bible Prophecy DVD. Exploring what the Bible says about the future and other topics you've heard of, like the rapture, the second coming, and many more. This DVD is available in several languages, including Mandarin, French, Spanish, and Portuguese. To get your free final events DVD, go to faithfm.com.au forward slash offers or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. That's a wonderful uh, offer, uh, the DVD, uh, final uh, events, and uh, don't hesitate to send us a message or visit our website. But if you like to send a message, again, the number is 048 this is Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A, and uh, I'm Nick Rita. Our co-host today is Pastor David Butcher, and we are talking about uh, what happens after the world ends. So, Nick, we're talking about the millennium, this 1,000-year period, and we're saying that um, either side of the 1,000 years are two resurrections. The first resurrection occurs when Jesus returns. And in Matthew chapter 16, verse 27, it says, For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Mm. So we are saved by grace through faith, but we're judged by our works. It's an interesting conundrum. Um, We can't do anything to uh, earn salvation, but once we receive that free gift, our life style, our life actions, our life response, in other words, our our fruit, if you like, or our works will show whether we are really in a a faith relationship Mm. with Jesus or whether we are not. So Jesus comes back. And he rewards each according to their works. That's why in John five twenty eight and 29, Jesus talks about a resurrection of life and a resurrection of condemnation. Yes. So when Jesus returns at the second coming, the righteous dead are raised, the living saints are caught up to heaven, the wicked are slain by the brightness of his coming. But there is something we haven't shared yet, and that's in Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 to 3. Would you like to read that for us, Nick, please? Sure. And it says, Then I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he cast, uh, verse 3, do you want me to yeah, go no, verse, three? verse 3 as well? Thank you. And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nation no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. This is very interesting, isn't it? This is how the chapter begins. It begins with an angel coming down from heaven with a key to a bottomless pit. The Greek word for this uh, bottomless pit is abusos, mm. and it simply means a, a, a great chasm, a, a place, if you like, uh, that is without form and void. It reminds us of uh, Genesis chapter 1, how the earth was formless, uh, void and formless. Mm-hmm. It reminds us too of Jeremiah chapter 4, verses 23 to 26. I beheld the earth, and indeed it was without form and void, and the heavens they had no light. I beheld, and indeed there was no man, and all the birds of the heavens had fled. So when Jesus comes back, 
the earth almost has gone back to that primordial state of of almost uh, everything is reversing. Mm. Life ceases to exist, if you like. Satan uh, literally cannot be bound, can he? Because he's a spirit being. You can't tie him up with a rope. He's a spirit. Yes. He's an angel. Yes. Uh, so this um, uh, key and, and chaining him um, uh, with a, a key and he's being bound for a thousand years, uh, this is not literal because Satan is a spirit being. You can't chain up a spirit. Mm. So what's it talking about? Well, when Jesus comes, all the righteous are in heaven, dead, those who are dead, those who are alive when he comes back. All those who are alive when he comes who are wicked die. Yes, That means there are no humans at all on planet Earth except for dead bodies of mm-hmm. the wicked. Satan is left to his own devices on planet Earth. He has a thousand years to contemplate what he's done, the choices he's made, the destruction that he's caused. He and his angels mm. are there by themselves a thousand years to contemplate. And, and so if you like, Satan is bound by a chain of circumstances. Yes. And I don't know about you, but occasionally people will contact me and I'll say, look, I can't talk right now. I'm tied up with something. Mm-hmm. Now, literally, I'm not tied up, but I'm busy. Yes. You know, I'm occupied. Yes. Uh, Satan, if you like, is bound by a chain of circumstance. He's, he's bound by the conditions which he finds himself in. He is the deceiver of old. He's the father of lies, and there is no one left for him to lie to or deceive. Uh, he's unemployed. Mm. There are no, no human beings to tempt. So Satan, during the thousand years with his angels, are in utter desolation on this earth. It's formless, it's without, it's, you know, just, it's a mess, it's chaos. Satan and his angels are on earth to contemplate. Now, while they are contemplating, we discover what is happening with um, the believers. They are in heaven, aren't they? Right. And uh, in verses uh, 4 of Revelation 20, And I saw thrones, and they sat on them. This is talking about the righteous. And judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads on their foreheads or their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. And then in uh, verse, um, th- it says at the end of verse 5, this is the first resurrection. Verse 6, blessed and holy is he who was part in the first resurrection over such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. So we have a picture here of the righteous all in heaven. They're reigning with Christ, and it says that judgment is committed to mm. them. Now, let's not get confused here. We know that ultimately judgment is the work of the Lord, correct? Yes. Uh, so what could this be talking about? I want to suggest that um, God... Not only does Satan condemn sinners before God, like he condemned, he condemned Job before mm-hmm. God, correct? Righteous man Job, yes. Yeah. Uh, he condemns us. He says, look, God, um, David or Nick, you know, they don't love you. Look at them. They're not perfect. Look what they do. They sin. So Satan accuses us before God, but Satan through the serpent in the Garden of Eden was also accusing God. Mm. You can't trust God. He's trying to withhold from you this fruit. It, it'll enable you to be like God. So Satan also accuses God. In other words, here we find during this thousand-year uh, thousand period, God is transparent, fully transparent, 
Because if sin is to be done away with, God has to be fully transparent, which he is. And God essentially allows himself and his judgments to be put on trial. Mm. And people can review. If you get to heaven, Nick, and I'm sure you will, uh, and if you find that you're living next door to Hitler, what would you think? Wow, that will be quite interesting. I mean, I mean, I heard about this, uh, David, that a few questions will be asked in heaven. How that I, I, I will be there? Why is David here? Or, or why <laughs> is knows? David not here? Or, or not here? Because we, we don't know the minds or hearts of people, no. correct? We see their evil or their works, but we don't know whether they committed their life to Christ on their deathbed. So during that thousand years, people have are given an opportunity to ask questions, mm-hmm. to examine mm-hmm. the work of God, and ultimately to say, your works are true, your works are just, and and you are holy. All their questions are answered during that thousand years. So Satan and his angels are on earth during that thousand years. Uh, he's bound by a chain of circumstances. The wicked remain dead. The righteous are in heaven. But at the end of the thousand years, we understand there is another resurrection. Yes, we spoke about that a bit earlier. Yes. And this is the second resurrection. And I guess part of me used to think, well, why would God raise the wicked again? Certainly at his second coming, those wicked people who are alive are destroyed. Why would God be so callous, if you like, and bring them back to life again? It's interesting that in um, Jude, Jesus' brother wrote this book, verse 14 and 15. Now Enoch the seventh from Adam prophesied about these men also, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them, of all their ungodly deeds which they've committed. I want to suggest to you that there are people, uh, and Revelation 20 verse 5 says, but the rest of the dead did not live again until a thousand years are mm-hmm. finished. So the second resurrection at the end of the thousand years is a time period where all the wicked who have ever lived, those prior to the second coming and those after the second coming that saw Jesus return but were destroyed, all the wicked who have ever lived are now brought back to life. Right. And Why? Because God, as we read in Jude, comes to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they've committed. I want to suggest to you that there are people that have gone to their graves cursing God and believing that he doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And uh, we know from the book of uh, Philippians uh, in chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, it says, Therefore God also has highly exalted him, this is Jesus, and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee, now every knee should bow of those in heaven and on the earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So Scripture tells us, the Apostle Paul tells us, that every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Mm. There are atheists, there are murderers, there are, you name it, people have gone to their graves not believing that Jesus is real, not believing that Jesus is God or God is real. Each one of them is brought back to life along with those who were destroyed at the second coming. Uh, to receive their reward. This is a resurrection mm. of John 5, verse 28 and 29 of condemnation. And what actually happens, the wicked are brought back to life. In Revelation chapter 20, we also discover that um, the new Jerusalem, this city that's up in heaven, descends from heaven. Mm. And inside that city are all the believers of all time. 
So coming down to the earth, you have this holy city of God with all the righteous that have ever lived. Yes. Outside the city are now raised up all the dead who have ever lived. And in Revelation chapter 20, verse 3, we read that Satan would be bound for a thousand years. But then it says in verse 3, but after these things, he must be released for a little while. Mm -hmm. How can he be released? Well, when the wicked are brought back to life... Uh, Satan now can be employed again. There are people for him. One last effort to try and overthrow God. One last effort of great deception. And so this new Jerusalem in Revelation 20 comes down to earth. And it says in verse 7 and 8, When the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth to gather them together to battle, whose number is as of the sand of the sea. Mm. One final deception. Satan deceives the wicked who have been raised up. They acknowledge that Jesus is Christ. They march on the city, and ultimately they are destroyed. Fire comes out of heaven. Revelation 20, verse 9. They went up on the breadth of the earth, surrounded the camp of the saints, and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. So the wicked ultimately are all brought to life. They confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. They have been deceived yet again by Satan, which shows that they have not changed. Uh, God ultimately, in an act of justice, not cruelly, ultimately destroys evil and evildoers. They've chosen the second death, of which there is no coming back from. Mm. Jesus died the second death on the cross for us, Nick, so that we don't have to die that second death. Yeah, I understand a little bit more now, David, uh, that if you are born twice, you may die once, but if you are uh, born once, you die twice. And you said something very significant here, that those people who are born twice... From the you know from the womb, from, from the womb and from the spirit, yes, they will worship God and they will be saved for their salvation. They will all worship God, but those ones who only been born once and they went to their grave, even as you said, cursing God, they will still come up and recognize that God is fair, that God is you just. know just, and they will will unfortunately they will recognize that, but for their destruction. That's right. And so the reason why the righteous only die once is because Jesus died the second death on the cross for them. The second death right. there is no coming back from. But the wicked at the end of time who have never accepted Jesus' death or his blood, they have chosen to accept the second death. And so my question to our listeners, Nick, as we conclude this uh, session tonight, the most important question that each of us must answer whether we like it or not, the question that we must face up to is that when this holy city descends from heaven, will we be on the inside looking out or on the outside looking in? And I'm, my prayer is that people will be on the inside looking out. And we know that in Revelation 21, God makes everything new. Sin and Satan, destruction and evil are done forever and ever. So my prayer for our listeners is that each one of us will be inside that city that's, after the thousand years. That's wonderful. David, would you like to just close with a prayer, please? Father God, we want to thank you for your plan of salvation as revealed in Scripture through this final book, the revelation of Jesus Christ. We thank you you have not left us to guess, Lord. We thank you for the hope that this book provides. 
We thank you that it, 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 it follows the entire pattern of Scripture, that Jesus is coming again, that he is coming to rescue those who love him. We thank you, too, that a just God ultimately needs to do away with evil for mercy to take place and justice to take place. And so, Lord, I want to pray for our listeners that if they're uh, wavering one way or the other, that they might fall on their knees and call upon you because you are quick to save. May they be blessed and may we each be inside this holy city when Jesus returns is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, David. And thank you for uh, being with us today uh, with Nick Rita and uh, David Butcher. Please come back again next time when we are going to uh, talk a little bit more about Is Heaven Real? Until then, may God richly bless you. Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. Be like you.